Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Well, thank you very much. Um, it's a real pleasure uh, to be here again. Uh, I think this is our is this our fourth or fifth time. I think it's our fifth time here. Uh, so, if you don't know me, I'm Matt. Um, I'm 21. So, I, um, I I've been home in the UK for about almost a year now, but I was. For three years out uh, at a ministry school in the States uh, called uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Sounds really like, kind of like Hogwarts Christians. Sounds like Hogwarts. Um, so I was out at a church called uh, Bethel uh, in California and recently came back. And then this September, I'll be moving to one of the best cities in the UK. I'll be moving here to Cambridge. So very excited to be studying English. So I hope to see a few of you guys around, possibly. Who knows where the Lord might lead. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a real pleasure to be here. Um, let's just pray to start, yeah? Yes. Father, we just thank you uh, for this time in your presence today. Thank you uh, that you're here among us and you're closer uh, than the air that we breathe You're so close. Well, even for people who are feeling far from you today, maybe they, they feel like uh, they've, they've missed it or they've messed up or they, they feel like they uh, haven't followed you to the best of their ability. Thank you, Lord, that you're close uh, even when we feel like we haven't performed well, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're not just close when we're doing great. You're you're close when we're struggling. You're close when we're weak. You're close when we're tired. Thank you that you're even, Lord, you're you're close, Lord, when we're not even aware of you. Even when we're running away, Lord, you're you're chasing us down. And I thank you, Lord, that you're knocking on hearts today. Holy Spirit's knocking on hearts. You might have known Jesus all your your life, but the Holy Spirit's knocking on our hearts again today, saying... Will you let me in? Say, so God, we just welcome you. Welcome you. Lord, we want to be sensitive to the voice of your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> hear Tim say, thank you, Jesus. Uh, just wanted to I just feel the Lord's wanting to heal some people this afternoon. Praise God. He lo- Jesus loves to heal. You know, Jesus, you know, said when they found teenager Jesus in, in the temple, you know, and he was talking with uh, the teachers and uh, with the scribes and talking about the scriptures, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph, oh, you know, what are you doing? You know, and he says, oh, I'm just about my father's business. See, Jesus, he was about everywhere he went. He was about his father's business who's on Father God's family business. And that, in First John, it says that, for this reason the Son of Man was revealed, to destroy the works of the devil. And everywhere Jesus went, he healed the sick, he cast out demons, he raised the dead, he, he uh, brought life into people's uh, lives. 
And everything he was doing just was just revealing God's heart for humanity. He was revealing that God was wanting to be close. He was wanting to be near. That's why he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning it's closer than your skin. It's like this. It's like when you have your hand real close, you can just feel the warmth of your hand. That's how close the kingdom was. And so when Jesus healed the sick, when Jesus cast out demons, when Jesus uh, changed lives around, he was revealing to the people at the time that of a new reality because they felt that God was far off. He was, he was far away. But when he, he healed the sick, he was saying, God, no, he's here. He's at hand. He's within reach. Just reach out and grab him. And so when God heals today, it's saying that he's not far off. He's actually close. He, he's closer than you think. Um, I, I just had an impression uh, that there's like, and, and you know, these might be right or wrong. I just got to trust God and step out. And I love that this is a church that kind of models that of just, just go in for what you feel. There's like um, a, a, I'd say like a tightness in someone's lower back that causes them real pain, especially when they, uh, when they bend over. There's a, it's like a, it's almost like a sharp pain. Does that, does that relate to anybody? Just give me, yeah, that lady at the back. Anybody else? Because it could be for somebody else. Anybody else that that relates to? Okay. All right, I'm going to pray for. Um, is that for you as well? Okay. We, we, I'll pray for every. Actually, well, I won't. I get people. We can pray for each other. But um, I'll just give a couple more. There's like, um, like in your right ear, it says it's it's pain, but it's like a. a uh, tinnitus is like a ringing, constant ringing. Yes. Okay. Anybody else that relates to, especially in your right ear? Is that anybody else? Okay. Um, and then um, uh, I know my dad has this. That's not a word of knowledge. That's a word of obvious. Uh, but he has a, um, a ten- tennis elbow. Is there someone else in the room? They got like something wrong with their their elbow. Yeah, right over there. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, you don't have to respond to this, but I just feel like God's bringing, like, there's been, like, blockage in the digestive system, and I feel that God's just bringing release there, and he's going to, you're going to be able to go when you need to go, <laughs> you're going to be able to do what you need to do, when, when, I just felt that earlier in the service, and I'm like, oh, Lord, don't, don't give me that word, Lord, <laughs> Do something you couldn't do before. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> try that one at home. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, tell a couple of testimonies because how many know that testimonies builds faith? That when we hear something God has done, it gives us faith that He can do it again. The root of the Hebrew word for testimony means to do it again. And so it's like the, uh, in the, I was reading the Psalms this week. Um, in, in just in my readings, and it talks about how the uh, Ephraimites they turned back at the days uh, at the day of battle because they forgot the testimonies of the Lord. They didn't remember His works, and there's so many like the Israelites were rebuked so many times in the Word because they forgot what God had done. But when you remember what He's done, it gives you faith that He can do it again. So I was in um, I was in San Francisco. Um, I left my heart there in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, see how many. Actually, if I play a game of how many Frank Sinatra lyrics I can get into a sermon, it'd be fun. Um, and 
so yeah, I was I was on a ministry trip in my second year at ministry school, and it was the last day, and we um, I was with this uh, music group um, called uh, Bethel Music, so they're from the church that I was at, and we were the guinea pig tour. We, they would take students on tour to be the ministry team, and the and the roadies basically carried in all the equipment, loaded up. It was crazy. It was like eleven hour days, and we'd ministering and then loading heavy music equipment. It was crazy, and we did nine cities in eleven days. Uh, so that was crazy. <laughs> uh, and so, but we did these breakout sessions, and um, what a breakout session! We had the worship night in the evening, and the breakout session was a. Like hundred people, two hundred people would come, and they just come and hear from the Bethel music guys, hear about worship and stuff. But then um, the the ministry team, our students, would then ask God to give us some pr- prophetic stuff, some words of knowledge for people. And so it was the last day, and I was like, Lord, I really want something really specific because you know how many of you know God knows the details of every person's heart and life. He knows. Like the, uh, if you were here in the first meeting, um, was it uh, Lewis and uh, Sam sharing how the Lord showed Sam a conversation that somebody had had, and he hadn't heard it. It was like the Lord out allowed him to eavesdrop on the conversation, and basically told them the conversation, and they were like, "Whoa!" What? It's like because God, like he he trusts us with the secrets of people's hearts, not because he wants to expose anyone but because he wants to show them that he loves them. And so I, I, was, I was in uh, San Francisco, and uh, I just said, oh, God, I want something specific, and I just hear one word. When I say here, I just heard it in my head, but it was a thought, and I just knew it was from the Lord, and I just said, hibiscus. And I was like, what's hibiscus? And I was like, I, so I just actually just got out Google, <laughs> Hibiscus. I thought it was like some kind of condition, you know. I thought like, like some kind of like uh, physical condition. And I was like, oh, it's a flower. <laughs> and you put it in tea. You have hibiscus tea. And then I remembered, oh, I, one of my friends. We'd gone to some really healthy, organic breakfast place and had like uh, really healthy stuff. And someone had a hibiscus tea. And so I felt the Lord say, somebody had hibiscus tea with their breakfast this morning. I'm like, okay. And then I got, I wrote another few words down. I wrote down about um, uh, discs in the back uh, being out, something like that, being in pain, being in, out of alignment, something like that. And I, so I get up, I, I think it's about 150 to 200 people in the room. I said, uh, Does, did anybody drink hibiscus tea with their breakfast this morning? And a lady on the front row was like, yeah, me. And so I said, I say, oh, yeah, oh, oh, so cool. Uh, I say, do you happen to have pain in your back? She's like, yeah. I was like, is it something to do with the disc? She goes, well, I'm recovering from a, a fractured spine, and it causes like this pressure and pain in the discs in my back. And I said, okay, well, we're going to pray. And on a scale of like one to ten, ten being really painful, the pain was at like a nine. She said, eight or nine. And we. We just prayed for her, and I just prayed something like, Lord, I thank you that you know, I can't remember her name now, but let's just say it's Rebecca. Thank you, you know that, you know what Rebecca had for breakfast this morning, (laughs) and that you love her, you know her. And uh, we prayed for her, and and all the pain left, and she she was bending over, she was 
you know, stretching her back and all the pain had completely left. And I just say that just to encourage you that, that wherever you go, God wants to give you those, you know, it's not just when you're in America. I, I was on the train in South Wales. I was, I was uh, on my way back to the village we live in. I was just, I'd been in town, see, having coffee with someone. And I was on the train and I was like, Lord, I just want to bless someone today. And I felt the Lord say, well, just ask me. And so I saw this lady. I was like, okay, what about her? And I felt the Lord say, well, she's got pain in her back and she's going to get off at your stop. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty specific. That's either right or it's not. Um, and, you know, so I don't always get it right because you're always learning to hear God's voice. And so I, I get off the train and, and then all of a sudden she gets up behind me and goes off. And I'm like, okay, now's the time. So I, uh, she's running off, so I, I go, stop her. Excuse me, um, this may seem like a weird question, but do you happen um, to have pain in your back? And she's like, oh, yeah, all the time. It just I have so much pain. It's always bothering me. And uh, she, uh, uh, so I just say to her, hey, would you mind if I just prayed for you real quick? And she's like, okay. And uh, I did ask her name in the moment because it's always really important important to be ask people's names because they're a person not not a project not a, just a prayer answer so you can come back to church and say i did this i did that it's like well, what was their name you know uh so i asked the name and i can't remember it now though <laughs> yeah i can't remember uh so so yeah oh the irony but i did ask it so that's the important thing um and so anyway, uh, pray for her, and she couldn't test it out there and then. But I just told her, hey, look, God told me like on that train like that you were going to get off at my stop. Uh, and she got on at the same stop as me too. Oh, it was really weird. Uh, and that, you know, you're going you're gonna to have back pain. And just to tell you that like God really knows you, he really loves you, I just eyeballed her and told her that. And, you know, it's just a simple thing. Like, I haven't seen her since. It was just a thing of just sowing the seed and... Um, and just seeing God move. Just a twinge. And, and fi- just one, one more, because I just, I really just believe that you've just got to step out until stuff happens with this. Um, like, you, you, you've got to keep on going back to look for that cloud in the size of a man's hand. And he's like, you, you, seven, seven times. It's like, we, we give up too easily in church. We, we, what we do is like, we pray, nothing happens. We go, Oh, the Lord's so mysterious. The Lord works in mysterious ways. There's a lot of things we say in church that sound really spiritual, but just aren't true. You know, like, there's, there's, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, let's just, I, I am bringing you words. By the way, I had this really cool sermon prepared, and I just felt during worship, you know, we're just talking about being sensitive to the spirit. And I just felt the Lord say just, Matt, it's a cool sermon, but it's not for today. So I have a really cool, like, it's really cool. Like, Sophie can tell you downstairs, can't you? So it was a really cool sermon. I was telling her in the hotel room, I'm pumped for this sermon. Um, but I just feel like I met, you know, it says in John 3 that that uh, the wind blows where it likes. So are all who are led by the Spirit. That every single moment of the day, we've got to be just ready to go where the Holy Spirit's saying. You know, um, in, in John 4, when Jesus is talking to the woman, oh, well, the disciples are out getting lunch. They're like, oh, I'm just hungry for the Nando's today. I work at Nando's, by the way, guys, so plug. Uh, get your chicken. Um, and, and so, you know, they're, they're going, oh, you know, uh, Jesus, aren't you going to get some food? He goes, I have food that you do not know of. 
what, did, what is Jesus talking about? And, you know, he says, my food is to do the will of him, him who sent me. So Jesus is, his inclination is not to satisfy his natural desires. It's to satisfy the desire of the spirit. So Jesus only did what he saw the father doing. And so, you know, his stomach was saying, man, because, you know, if you've ever been to the Middle East, like, they've got some good food. He's just going, oh, just, I'm craving some falafel. I'm craving some hummus. Lord, I, I need that. Like, I need some, some olives today. I need to, uh, um, give me another one, Dad. Some babacanoush, praise the Lord. Uh, my my brother's godfather is Lebanese, and he will take us to a Lebanese restaurant, and we will just get stuffed. And then he'll go, oh, I'll have some more, I'll have some more. I'm like, no, no. So, you know, there was a lot of good food on offer back then, but Jesus found something that was way more satisfying, and that was following the Holy Spirit. Um, so that was a rabbit trail. Uh, there's something with, uh, with someone's foot. Um, it's like a... It, I don't know if someone sprained their ankle recently. Uh, I feel like it's a recent thing. Does that, need, does that relate to anybody that's like, uh, yeah, over there? I feel somebody else in here, it was like a sports injury, something to do with your foot. Like you were playing football or something like that, and you tripped in a weird way. And um, you know, I know that one. Oh, yeah, Timmy did that. God wants to heal Timmy too. Any, anybody else that's not in my family? <laughs> Uh, football injury, and does that relate to anybody? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. Let's... Okay. So I'm, I just want to quickly before we pray again, I want to go back to what I was just saying a couple of seconds ago. I might have offended a couple of people. Got to backtrack. Um, you know, we 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 pray for someone and they don't get healed and straight away, um, and we just, oh, must be God's will, or God works in mysterious ways. Do you know that, in, you know, in 1 Corinthians, it says, Paul's quoting, um, he's quoting that scripture in Isaiah, that my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than thoughts. And many people quote that just to say, we can't cope to, no, we can't, um, we can never attain to understand what God's doing, or to know what he's thinking. Like, we can never think like he thinks. But they never go on to the next verse that says, but we have the mind of Christ. So, you know, who who could, you know, who knows his ways to instruct the Lord? But we have the mind of Christ. Like, these are the things that are revealed to us by the Spirit of God. Many people, we live in like an old covenant mentality and realize that Jesus has brought into us into a relationship with God. So, yeah, when, when we're on the Old Covenant, we could never hope to know what God's thinking. But now he's brought us, we're friends. He no longer calls us servants, but friends. And he, he's telling us what he's thinking. And so when, so when we don't see healing, we just need to go, God, I know in your word that Jesus healed everybody who came to him. Even when he saw a lack of faith, he did not heal them. He healed them to increase their faith. When the disciples said, oh, Lord, we couldn't cast out this demon and heal this boy, what happened? And, and Jesus says this one only comes out by prayer and fasting. Then Jesus immediately cast the demon out. He didn't go back. He was like, went and pray, prayed and fasted for five minutes and then healed him. Because Jesus lived in a lifestyle where he was full of faith. 
And I believe in that verse, he was, he was saying, are you willing to pay the price to see breakthrough in this area? Are you willing to pay the price in prayer and fasting for a greater anointing to cast out demons to see the sick healed? And many people just stop at the no answer, and we change our theology to match our experience. We say, oh, well, I've been disappointed in this area. And for some of us, it's real. I really want to be sensitive to that. You know, some, some, for some people, it's, we've actually lost people to sickness. And that's, that's a battle that we've got to kind of work out with the Lord, that we need to believe in his goodness no matter what happens. That we, it's something that we don't understand. It's like we've got to actually trust in God's will. Trust in his goodness above all of our experience. For example, in the word it says that God wills none to perish, but all to come to repentance. So there it is. God's will is for everybody to come to repentance in him. Does that happen every single day? No. You see people die who, who don't know him. You see people perishing every day. That's not God's will. But often we do the, but we don't carry that over into healing. God's will is that all would be healed, that all would come into that life, that Zoe life, that abundant life. Does that happen all the time? No, it doesn't mean we should, we should stop praying. You see that the reason why we don't see God's will happen every day is because we don't get off our butts and do it. He said all creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. The reason for that is that in creation, when we were created, we were given dominion over the whole earth. We were given authority. And in the garden, when we, when we sinned, we gave those keys over to the devil. We said, here's my authority, here's my dominion over the earth. You take it. And what we see is a fallen world as a result of what we did. That's why when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he said, I'll give you all these kingdoms for they have been given unto me. All these kingdoms and their authority and glory. He was talking about authority and glory. He said, for they have been given unto me. As in the um, Luke uh, passage of uh, um, the temptation of Jesus, if you you want to look it up later. Um, And then Jesus said to Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. And they said in the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. The gist of this is, is that we lost the keys in the garden. We gave them over to Satan. We said, I want to go my way. And we lost that right to be God's representative on earth, to expand his kingdom. But then Jesus took the keys back. When he died on the cross, he shouted, it is finished. He, he got the keys back. And when he resurrected, when he rose again, and he uh, came to the disciples, he said, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore, because he's with us. We have authority because he lives inside of us. And so when it says, I want to quickly go to this. <clears throat> actually, I, I believe I do actually, I gave it to you guys earlier, the Romans 8. So let's quickly go to this. And then we'll pray for some more people. Um, could you go to verse um, verse 19, please? Uh, 
says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. This is in the English uh, Standard Version, by the way. Uh, Verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So these few verses have always fascinated me. Because what it suggests, because you know when God said, cursed is the ground because of what you've done in the garden. He said, cursed is the ground. In the curse, it was actually saying that because of sin, the earth is fallen. The earth has been subjected to futility. And that's because of what we've done. We're no longer masters over the earth. And so what it's saying here is that in this present time, whole of creation is longing because it knows that now Jesus has given the keys back to us, that it's going to come into its freedom and liberty. That's why when Jesus was in the storm, he calmed the storm because he had power over creation. You never see Jesus blessing a storm. Bless you, life-threatening storm. He always calmed the storm. And it's because he... He knew that it was not God's will for any to perish. He lived from this place of God loves his children. He wants to keep them safe. And so everywhere you go, people are waiting, not just creation, like not just the squirrels. The squirrels are waiting for you. Uh, Not just the trees, the plants, the earth, but the whole of creation. People are waiting for what you carry. They may not know it yet. But they're waiting for what you carry. And what you carry is Jesus. Because he has no body on this earth but yours. And so, back to this thing of God's will. is that God's will is for all of us. It's for us to walk in healing. It's to walk in life. The word sozo, saved, is saved, healed, and delivered. God doesn't just want... Your spirit to be saved, he wants your soul to be saved in deliverance. He wants your body to be saved in like healing. He wants you to be in complete wholeness, body, soul, and spirit. But just because stuff ha- appears to the contrary doesn't mean that it's not God's will. There's a great phrase I heard from an Australian evangelist friend of mine. He said, we cannot without God and he will not without us. I'll say that again. We cannot without God, but he will not without us. So basically, we can't heal anyone. Like, in my own strength, I could never see somebody healed. I could never, I could never save somebody. You know, I could probably debate, you know, somebody i got good enough debating skills to make maybe convince them that possibly there's a God but, you know, if you, if you have to de- debate somebody into the kingdom, then somebody's going to debate them out of it. You know, we've got to display the power of God so their faith doesn't rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. We've got to preach Christ and him crucified. Uh, I'm all for apologetics, um, but at the end of the day, it's the power of God. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ working in power with signs, wonders, and miracles that's going to bring hearts uh, to him. Um, Lost my train of thought for a sec. What was I talking about? Something. Hmm. 
Jesus. I was talking about Jesus. Hmm. When we live... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, That actually God... We can't do it. We can't, we can't, I can't make anybody know him. I can't, I can't work supernatural power. I, you know, um, but he can. He's the God of the universe. He can do whatever he likes. Um, but he, he, he has chosen to live in a people. He's chosen to live in us. You know, he doesn't live in a temple Dare I say it, he doesn't live in a church building. The church was never meant to be a building. That's what it's become. And we meet at buildings, which is fine. But it was never meant to... When, we, when you think of church, you think of church building. If you, if you ever... Um, I don't know, if you ever went to a primary school and they have like... Um, Pictures associated with words. You have park, green field, people playing on it. You have um, house, and you just have a picture of a house. And you have school, you have a picture of their school. You have church, what you see. You see a picture of a, a church building. But that was never God's heart. It's not like, I'm going to build church, as in like these things, like... I don't think Jesus' long-term goal was to go into construction or, or even civil engineering. You know, he, Jesus had some, high, some other aims. Uh, that actually, I'm actually, I feel like the Lord's leading me to stuff I have prepared in a way here. But when, when he said that God will build my church, the word there, the Greek word, I'm not going to use your joke, Dad. Uh, and... Uh, I may as well now because I've said it, but Dad always goes, I know a little Greek. He owns the kebab shop around the corner. Um, uh, and so anyway, see, that's classic. It's dad, dad joke, only three people laughed. Uh, uh, and the, you know, the ecclesia, that's the Greek word, ecclesia. That was actually a Greek-Roman word. It wasn't in like Hebrew the Hebrew mind, they, would, they understood it, but it was not part of Hebrew culture. It was not like a, a Hebrew thing, say, um, the, the Holy of Holies. It's a very Hebrew idea that that's where, we, where the high priest takes the sacrifice. That's where, we, where God's presence lives. And so you'd almost think that that would be the kind of um, language Jesus would use for us as the church would be, a dwelling place, a meeting place. It's a place where we gather. But he uses this word ecclesia, um, which means called out, the called out assembly. And what the ecclesia were, were in Greek society, Greek and Roman society. They were citizens in a city, and they were called out of a city when the city was becoming corrupt, and they were get, uh, had authority to govern, to appoint officials, to bring justice and government in a city. And they were just normal citizens. It was a really like progressive, like democratic, almost like way of uh, living, even you know, back then. And so it was, a, it was anybody who would really come out and say, I've had enough of this corruption and I'm going to govern over this city. And so Jesus uses this language. He says, 
and they would come out the city gates. They'd be outside the city gates, and they would make decisions over the, uh, over the city. And so often people use that word ecclesia, and they say, well, as the church, we're meant to be separate. We're separated from the corrupt world. God's called us out, which is very true. But we're not separated to be segregated. That wasn't the purpose. Because Jesus then says, you know, on this rock I will build my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And often when when we think of this verse, the gates of hell, we think of it like, I'm going to stand strong against the gates of hell. Here I am with my shield, like in Ephesians 6, I've got my sword, I'm ready to withstand the attack of the gates of hell. There's only one problem with that picture. Any ideas what the problem is with that picture? I'll get some feedback. Anybody got an idea? Thinking about gates and withstanding an attack. Think about the purpose of a gate. The gates are stationary. The gates aren't... The only way they move is to let people in and out of a place. They're not like... It'd be, it'd be better the way it's been interpreted if people would say, and if Jesus had said, and the armies of hell would not prevail against it. So we, we have this kind of view of us as the churches. There's them over there, and we're going to stay in our little huddle and be holy and separated unto the Lord, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us because we're going to just hang on until Jesus comes. However... The gates of hell are something that's meant to be stormed. It's something that we're meant to run into, something that we're meant to attack, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And this links in with this uh, idea, the Greek idea of the ecclesia, because they were separated, but they were separated so that they could decree over the city they'd just been brought out of. So you were brought out of the kingdom of darkness and into his glorious light. You were brought out of that world of sin and destruction and sickness and famine, and you were brought into his kingdom of glorious light. But you're not just meant to stay here in a singing kumbaya all your life. You're meant to decree what God's saying. And that next verse, in, in Matthew 16, says, As I tell you, you are Peter on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So that language of binding and loosing goes with this idea of the ecclesia. They're outside the city and they're making decrees over the city. And how does this all link in with what I've been saying? Jesus, wherever he went, he was the son of the king, the king of all the earth, God in heaven. And everywhere he went, he was about his father's business. And when you look at the ministry of Jesus, you see him dealing with, with sin. You see him forgiving sins. You see him healing the sick. You see him raising the dead. and You see him casting out demons. All of those things that he did was a result of the fall. Because when sin entered the earth, so did sickness. When sin entered the earth, so did poverty. When sin entered the earth, so did depression. 
And so wherever Jesus went, he was basically using the keys that he'd won back. And now he's given them to us. And that's why the whole creation is groaning. Because the creation is like that city that we're called out of. The, the creation that's been corrupted. But we're meant to take it back. We're meant to bring it back into alignment with God's original purpose. His original purpose for, for creation. Imagine if Adam had never fallen. What would, it, what would the earth look like? Have you ever thought about that? I've thought about that. Like, were they just going to hang out in the garden all their life? Like, presumably Adam didn't die. Like Adam and Eve, they didn't die because death came through sin. Wages of sin are death. Uh, presumably, presumably, but actually, there was, there was something bad on the earth. And that was that pesky serpent who came into the garden. So when God gave them the commission to bring dominion, when he said, have dominion over all the earth, he knew that there was that guy, Satan, outside the garden wanting to come in. And it was Adam and Eve's job as human beings, representatives of God on earth, to expand his reign and dominion and to give the devil a hard time. Instead, they listened to Satan. But Jesus has given us that same commission back in the garden, just slightly reworded. So go into all the earth, be fruitful, make disciples of all nations. See, the kingdom business now, because the earth has been populated, that happened, that part of the commission in the garden of Eden happened is to make disciples of all nations. And the way you do that is by displaying God's love. It's by showing people what the Father is really like. It's by doing the, the family business. Because when Jesus healed people, he said, the kingdom of God has come upon you. He was opening up their awareness. Opening up their awareness. I want to finish with this thought, and then we'll pray for some people. Uh, the the ecclesia they were called to govern over that city and often i believe that as christians we we wait for our natural government to put into place god's perfect law we 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 make declarations over our nation we say oh our Nations so fallen, the government's passed this bill, the government passed that bill, it's going down the drain. And many people put their hope. I think this, I think this happens, um, I mean, with us, I think sometimes a bit different because we got Queen Elizabeth, bless her heart, God save the Queen. Um, Amen. God save the Queen. No longer, no wonder she's living so long. Everyone keeps on saying, God, God, long live our gracious Queen. Power, life and death and the power of the tongue, people. Come on. Uh, and, you know, living in the States, um, and I think it happens here as well, so I'm not going to insult any Americans. Like that. <laughs> but I, I, I just feel, so we put a lot of 
our hopes on a political leader to sort everything out in a country. We say, oh, this person's God's man for the job. Like, he's going to do this, and he's going to do that, or she's going to do this, she's going to do that. We do this in this nation. We yeah, praise God, you know, I heard that, you know, this Christian MP got elected. elected, And we we have prayer meetings, you know, when certain things being passed in Parliament say, oh, pray against that, or pray for this. And I really believe prayer is so important. But the fact is, is that we were never meant to... Uh, give our responsibility of changing the culture to government. We've taken a responsibility that's ours. We've said, you know, this country's got its morals wrong, that they need to change this law and that law and this law. But the fact is, is that you, you can never legislate morality. You can't legislate a love for God. You can't do, put a law in place for people to love God. But you've got to change the culture. We have to change the culture. We have to be those called out the city to make decrees over our nation. That's right, Tim. Amen. We can't wait for the government to legislate a love for God's word or uh, a love for godly marriage or a love for uh, for the generosity to the poor we can't wait for god uh, for the government to legislate um a, an end to to human trafficking completely we can't wait for the, the government <clears throat> to bring about the things that we as the church were meant to bring because we have authority and sometimes we, we, we it's almost like we put everything on somebody else's shoulders But actually, God's called us to be salt and light. He's called us to change the culture around us. Wherever Jesus went, he changed the culture. He changed the culture. And I believe, and how this applies to you today is that God has placed you somewhere. He's placed you in a workplace. He's placed you in a university, in a school, in a college. He's placed you in a family. He's placed you in a city. And... He's given you that city. He's given you Cambridge. Like, he, he, you have the keys to this city. Like, you, you have them. Like, they're in your hands. And sometimes, you know, we're praying for God to move in our cities, and God's just saying, I want you to move in my city. Like, God, we're, so, you know, we once had this guy, uh, you know, Roy Fields come to our church in Cardiff, and he'd go, we're always going, I want a move of God. We want a move of God. And he said, I want a move of man. <laughs> and I was like, wow, yeah, that's so true. Actually, that God has done everything. Like, when Jesus said, it is finished, he meant it. He didn't mean it is partially finished, it's kind of finished, it's finished, but you've got to do A, Y, and Z. No, he said, said. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I've spent too much time on the other side of the pond. Uh, he said, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore. Like we've been given the keys. We've been given back like the, what we lost in the garden. And God wants us to see it come about now. So often we put the th- promises of God into a future so that we don't have to have faith for it right now. We go, oh, that will come when Jesus comes back. That will come in the millennium whenever that's coming. That will come uh, when I'm feeling like it. 
That will come when I get over this disappointment. But actually, God's got promises right now. He's got promises. And his promises are this. That he desires none to perish, but all to come to repentance. That blessed be the, blessed be the Lord. Let, bless the Lord all my soul and forget not his benefits. Who heals all my diseases. Forgives all my iniquities. And we've got to choose to take God at his word. Like God wants us to change the culture. He wants us to, to bring about that word called, that, we, that buzzword, we say, revival. Lord, we want to see revival. Sing it in our songs. Lord, revival. We want to see your kingdom here. You know, and we, we, we sing about it. We, we, it's great. I have a t-shirt. It'll say revival. Uh, but really, at the end of the, like, I've had so many people, I was saying to Phil that last night at dinner, I've had so many people pray for me, like so many, you know, like if I told you all the people, you know, just from meetings that I've gone to, to get a, get a blessing, like to receive something, I, I've had it, I've had them all, but you've just got to go and do something. And so often we think we're, we're called out just to be over here, just hanging out, just, just hanging out in church. Church was never meant just to be like a gathering place. It is meant to be a gathering place. But we gather and then we go out and we change the culture. So practically, how can you do that? Well, it looks like being someone who's sensitive to the the move of the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, it's... Jesus was so sensitive to the Holy Spirit wherever he went. He he didn't, you know, what what do you think, all those times he went up the mountain, what was he hearing from God? He went and spent all that time, and then he came down, and, and just everywhere he went, he saw people's lives get transformed and changed. We need to be a people who are so saturated in God's presence that wherever we go, we just bring his light, we bring his his glory, his presence. That's why we're singing about that song, Show Me Your Glory. That's been my heart cry recently. I don't sing that song just because it's a cool song and it's got a cool guitar riff. Like, I sing it because that's my heart cry, is that, you know, Moses went up the mountain. If you think about this, God invited the whole of Israel up the mountain. All of them missed out apart from one man. All, they missed out. How many of you know, this is a scary word, but we can miss out. We can miss out. And I don't want to be someone who misses out. I want to be someone who is so, and I, you know, I don't want that to bring any condemnation. I, I want it to be like, the focus isn't that we can miss out. The focus is, is that there's an opportunity and time to grab hold of it. That God called the whole of Israel to come up the mountain. And when they heard the voice of the Lord, they got scared and said, Moses, you go up. You be our mediator. Mediator is someone who stands between God and, and man to, to be that relationship. We need to be a people who go and meet God for ourselves. We receive his presence. We be a people of his presence. And then we take that. We take that into the world. And that's the thing. God's given us authority. He's given us 
the keys back. And he's given us his own son. He's given us his presence, his Holy Spirit. And wherever we go, we can take that. We can go. And what you do is just, you just go and show up. Honestly, sometimes God will call you to step out. There's times I've stepped out and done things. Like just prayed for somebody or just shared, shared the gospel. Like share the gospel. It's so powerful. Share just how Jesus loves people. But sometimes you just go in and, and people go, there's just something different about you. I don't know what it is. I just feel at peace. I have a friend who used to work in Urban Outfitters. And um, she, she would just, uh, her managers said, Hannah, come and stand in the office. Because when you're in the office, I just feel like so peaceful. I just feel so much peace. All this anxiety just goes away. And God wants us to be that kind of people. That we carry the peace of heaven. Because God, he wants you to change the culture wherever you're at. So what's the culture where where you're at? Maybe you work in, I don't know, Sainsbury's. And maybe everybody who works at Sainsbury's is gossiping. Moaning, complaining. I'm so tired today. This is wrong, that's wrong. Maybe they're, maybe they're just worn out with work. And you could choose to come under that influence. Or you could just go in and turn the light on. And you just come in and be Jesus. Because Jesus is the most optimistic person that you've ever met. Because <laughs> he, he's so full of hope. And so you go in and you just bring, you just be encouraging. You just... Speak what the Father's saying. Just say, hey. And it doesn't have to be super spiritual. Just like, you know, thus saith the Lord of hosts unto you today. Because people don't get that. Just, you know, just say, hey, I just, you know what's awesome about you, Phil? About you, Jane? About you, Sam? Is that you, uh, you're such a hard worker. And you're always, like, so attentive to what's there. And you, you have such an attention to detail. I just love that about you. You know what's awesome about you? You just got... So much joy. You're so happy. You make people smile all the time. And even simple things like that just start to change culture. Because it's countercultural to be encouraging. Because a lot of people just stay negative. It's easier to be negative, to be honest. Anybody relate with that? It's easier to be a bit... Like... <laughs> it's easier to... Sometimes I don't feel like it, you know? And so you've got to step beyond your feelings. Does that make sense? Like we, everywhere you go, like you carry, you carry his presence and you carry his authority. It's like, it's like God's giving you everything you could, need, you could ever need. Like he's given you the keys to this kingdom to see it wherever you go, just to see the culture change. And that comes like every time you say a word... Like, if you notice, sometimes you can be speaking about Jesus, and people just go, oh, I just felt like shivers. Like, I just got goosebumps on my arm. I was talking to someone the other day about a deliverance we saw in India once, and there was this man speaking Swedish, and it was crazy. A story for another time. Come ask me afterwards. But the person, I was telling him about how this guy got delivered from the, the Swedish-speaking demon. And uh, no joke. Yeah, he started singing ABBA and everything. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, and uh, 
Uh, I've got to tell the story real quick because it's so fun. Anyway, my Swedish friend was praying for this man in Swedish, Indian man, doesn't speak a word of English or Swedish, just um, Bengali. We were in Calcutta. And um, so we were all like, needed to say just Namaskar, Namaskar. And it was going around and it was so much fun. And um, the, yeah, the, uh, my friend David is praying for this guy and the guy starts, uh, he's praying for him in Swedish. And the guy starts repeating what he's saying in perfect Swedish. Isn't that crazy? And then Dave's like, okay, this is weird. And he knew it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was like something like weird. Uh, and he's, so he switches to English, starts praying in English. The guy starts repeating what he's saying in perfect English. And then Dave's like, okay, I'm going to speak in tongues. Starts speaking in tongues. The guy can't repeat what he's saying. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, well, that's way too, like Swedish and English I know, but that one, I just can't understand it. And then David just starts to command it in English, uh, maybe in Swedish, to, to get out of him. And the guy just, like, he's been really kind of worked up and intense. And he just suddenly just relaxes and this peace just comes. And afterwards, he's just like, oh, I felt something. We get the translator because he can't speak, English, can't speak English. He goes, I was saying all these words and I didn't know what it meant. I felt so weird. And then I just felt this evil thing leave me. Like, this is crazy. And I'm telling a co-worker about this story because he's saying about how like a friend had read tarot cards to him and told him his life. And I said, hey, you know what? He said, but it just felt so weird. Uh, I, I said, you know, it's because well, I didn't say this to him, but I, you know, I just shared the story. I said, hey, look, you know, actually, you know, do you know, you know, the Mo- Moses, when he turned his stick into a snake, like, Pharaoh's magicians could do it too, but they were coming from the wrong spirit. And so, but when I told this guy, this, uh, when he, the story, he's like, oh, I just felt shivers. It's because when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows up. And so wherever you go, when you start just sharing, just being you, it doesn't have to be super spiritual, just be encouraging, be you, be Jesus, who Jesus created you to be. You open up people's awareness to another kingdom, a realm they were never yeah, aware of. You open up their awareness to the kingdom of heaven that's at hand. That it's the kingdom that we pray, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that actually when we're healing the sick, when we're declaring the prophetic word to the person in Morrison's, we're actually bringing God's kingdom because... That's what Jesus did. All right. Okay, let's pray. And uh, we're just going to pray for people. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.